The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. The best and worst moments worth remembering. Uh, there is a fake media out there. I get treated very unfairly. Six women who have accused Harvey Weinstein of sexual assault and sexual behavior in the workplace by Matt Lauer. 20,000 people then running the for safety. Right down the of a Confederate soldier is pulled down. Resignation of Michael Flynn There's was brought about. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. The Russians uh, sought to interfere with the election process. I have no dealings with Russia. Women's rights! Has refused the Trump administration to reinstate Bashar the travel ban. Al-Assad launched a horrible chemical weapons attack on innocent civilians. This is 2017, the year in your ear, brought to you by the Blaze Radio Network. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. I, Donald John Trump. Do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute that I will faithfully execute the office of President of the United States the office of President of the United States and will to the best of my ability and will to the best of my ability preserve protect and defend preserve protect and defend the Constitution of the United States the Constitution of the United States so help me God so help me God Congratulations, Mr. President. The the most significant, profound audio from 2017. I mean, uh, like him or not, it's the most significant when a president gets sworn in. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson along with Pat Gray for the year in your ear. If you want to join us on Twitter, it's at Doc Thompson Show and at Pat Unleashed. Can you imagine at that moment, did your congratulations, Mr. President? Mm-hmm. That's where the rubber hits the road. Where you're like, okay, now this is on me, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it, it's interesting with Donald Trump because the entire campaign, um, we sort of speculated that maybe he didn't really want this. He he wanted to win, but he didn't really want the presidency. I, I that's the impression I sort of had. And then you know, recently with Melania's comments that he sort of misses his old life and wants to get back to it, and that she thinks he won't run for a reelection, that's somewhat confirmed. Right? I know, and I thought that too. I've, I've been thinking the last year or so he his brand grows. I mean, Trump was, and this is not an insult. He was about building Trump. He built an empire on his name. Even yes, when they went well, through he'd tell you that absolutely. Yeah, and through the process where he had to back off from some of his businesses, he talked about the value of his brand. Yeah. His brand just went through the stratosphere being the 45th president. No question. And when he's out of the presidency, he stands to increase his fortune by by billions of dollars. You almost have the same prestige because you'll get signed to boards you want and deals or whatever without yeah. the pressure. You will, he, yeah. he will be able to have said, I did it for four years. I was the 45th president and now I can move on. So it'll be interesting to see if he does indeed <laughs> not run for re-election because he's already proven he can do it. He's already done it. He's had that, and he's gotten the highest position in the land, and uh, now somebody else can do it. I'm going to get back to what I do best, and that's my businesses. I could see him saying that, which would be interesting because then, I mean, when was the last time we had a Republican incumbent who didn't run? It's been a long time. Absolutely. So, long time. so how do you size up 2017? I mean, he's almost a year in. Um, there's been a lot of... It's a mixed bag, I'd say. Yeah. 
I mean, I still give the guy, I mean, the, the Supreme Court pick is the, is the big it's dog great. for me. And yes. that was huge, and it was a wonderful pick. After that, it's been a lot of blustering, um, a lot of posturing, a lot of uh, attack the media and other people. Not that I mind all that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of it I actually appreciated. But beyond that, there hasn't been much of his agenda that got done, nor the Republicans in Congress. And not just not much of the I don't know that there's been any of his agenda. I mean, no, because even even his executive orders, some of them were challenged, like the uh, um, the ban for the uh, immigrants. Yeah, the countries, yes. So, yeah, not a lot. That's held up. Uh, couldn't get Obamacare repealed. They haven't gotten tax cuts uh, done yet. And and the tax cuts, the Republicans are these. A lot of these issues, though, are on the Republicans in Congress. They're so inept that we haven't gotten anything done when you've got the majority in both houses of Congress, and you have the executive branch, and you still can't get this done, so people are frustrated. Yeah, most of that's Congress. In fact, as you said that, I have to give Trump higher marks. Uh Because I -hmm. I want a president to not actually do a lot. I want them to veto a lot. I want to make sure everything... Not that he's had the opportunity to veto a lot, but not doing a lot, you picked a good Supreme Court pick, okay. Yeah. You know? And for a lot of people, that was... That was enough. Just the Supreme Court pick was what they based their vote uh, on, I think, for for an awful lot of people. And rightly so. It's important. And if he gets the chance to do another Supreme Court justice nomination, that court could be in really good shape. So aside from Trump getting elected, and I think a lot of people would pin a lot of what we're about to transition to on him, the crazy spectacle that has been the social justice warriors melting oh, down. Wow. The Antifa in the streets. A lot of people would pin it on him. I don't, but that's probably the most significant uh, after Trump getting sworn in, to, in, in my mind, happenings of 2017. It's, it's not his fault, certainly, but I think they are doing what they're doing because it is him in office. If it was, of course, they might be doing it if it was Ted Cruz in office, too. I, I think they probably would. So any Republican in office, but... If you had Hillary, I don't think you'd see Antifa in the streets. The Antifa thing has really been a marvel to me. The fact that you're saying you're anti-fascist, but you act like fascists. Yes. I mean, yes. In fact, Matt, I was an idiot for like the first couple times I heard him use this term. I was like, wait, but you're anti-fascist and you're... It took me a while to actually figure it out. So what you have yeah. here is you're doing fascist-like things, but you're not fascist, which means you're communists. I mean, really, yeah. that's that's what you're talking about here. Yeah, which which is worse, communists or fascists? They're both terrible. Right. Uh, they're both bad, uh, and they're both on the American scale, extreme far left. Because fascism is not a, a right wing thing. A small government is a right wing thing. So you can't become a fascist if you have a small government. So those are both uh, from the left. And the Antifa is just a, an excuse. The anti-fascist is just an excuse to hide their faces and, uh, and protest Donald Trump. Some of the sounds now of Antifa from 2017. We've been tracking Antifa for a long time. He was just down there at President's Circle, and they were handing out sharp objects to stab people with, said they had someone coming with an AK. Why did it take two late-night hosts, comedians, to find this out? I, you know what? I wish you guys luck. Do you remember when Crowder actually went to the streets and like, hey, by the way, guys, they got weapons. This is not the peaceful little, hey, we just don't like what uh, that president's doing or this group of people we're going to protest. No, no. These are violent people. And that's one of the differences of the protest this year, a little bit last year. 
is people are willing openly to be violent. They'll tell you that. That's mm-hmm. what they call for. Yeah, and that's fascinating because do you remember back to the Tea Party protests and how the left was continually saying that these people are inciting violence and they're and they're encouraging violence and there was never any of it. There was never any indication that they were violent at all. Here was a group that is violent, <laughs> that is condoning violence, and they didn't have any kind of criticism for at the beginning. It, right. it became so bad though that they even had to they had to distance themselves from Antifa. But you're right; they they struggled so hard. They to did. try to find they the wanted tea party. so badly. And by the way, still on record, is there any significant aside a Tea Party violence? I any? don't think any. Uh-uh. I, I don't. I don't think so. I was at countless meetings in cities all over America. Yeah. No, none of that stuff. But here's a group of people that actually calls for it. And the media was like, they so didn't want to distance themselves. They still wanted to believe in him, Pat. They, they still had to fight badly. it for him, you know. Yes. And then 2017, the year of let's take down statues. Let's whitewash history. Let's do mm. everything we can to get rid of our history. In Durham, North Carolina, this week, a statue of a Confederate soldier, in place since 1924, is pulled down by protesters. In that same city today, a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee on the Duke University campus is vandalized. In Baltimore, Wednesday, four monuments to the Confederate era are taken down in darkness overnight on orders from the mayor. She says it's in the interests of public safety following this. The street violence in Charlottesville, resulting in a young woman's death. Tonight, analysts say that event and President Trump's pronouncements out of it have taken an uncomfortable American predicament to a new level. The debate over the Confederate monuments has accelerated unimaginably. Fueled by President Trump's controversial handling of the aftermath in Charlottesville. Today, the president tweeting, quote, sad to see the history and culture of our great country being ripped apart with the removal of our beautiful statues and monuments. It's like something from a, a third world country where a dictator is toppled mm-hmm. and they start tearing the statues down. Yeah. And there, there was an interesting video of a group of students, black students, who went, I, I think it was in Richmond, it was somewhere in Virginia, and their teacher took them to see for themselves the statues. And when they came back, all of these black kids, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, were interviewed about their thoughts of seeing these Confederate statues. And one of the kids said, you know, those statues have never hurt any of us. <laughs> right, right. We're not worried about those statues. Those statues don't put food in our stomachs. They don't take drugs off the streets. They don't provide... Uh, uh, together families in our homes they're just statues they haven't hurt anybody so they had such a great perspective on that and yet you've got all of these left-wing idiots that say you've got to remove all of that now we we, why why for all of the arguably divisive things that president trump has said his comments on the statues and taking the statues down I thought were incredible. He even got more mm-hmm. criticism for that. And I don't think people really got it. We'll discuss that and more coming up on the year in your ear. 2017. But in dark times. The year in your ear. Americans do what they do best. We pull together. Brought to you by the Blaze Radio Network. 